Welcome to the Set Yourself Free podcast, real stories of women who went from feeling like they'd never make it in the online space to creating way more money and freedom. I'm your host, Carrie Beach, owner of Set Yourself Free. I'm a life and success coach that empowers women to make more money, live happier and more fulfilled lives, and make a much bigger impact on this planet. We all have different versions of what freedom means, and I'm here to help you unlock your perfect version of it. Join us for season four, where you will hear 16 women's behind the scene look at what it actually takes to have a profitable online business. Through their stories, you will know that you are not alone and that shame only grows in secret. These women will give you the courage, the tools, and the permission you need to step into your power and create the business of your dreams. Let's dive in. I'm Jess Critchlow. I run Light Up Work, which is a coaching and training company where I help professionals really, really shift their confidence in their work so they can get their work out in the world and um, really, really upskill their interpersonal skills. Because I've worked with literally thousands of amazing professionals who are great at the technical stuff. And that's pretty much never what holds people back from doing the thing they want to do. It's always the interpersonal stuff. It's always the confidence. So that's what I help people with. Mm, I love that, which is so perfect to be able to talk about some of this. So I know a bit of your story, but I would love for you to share with everyone just a little bit about how you have kind of been dabbling in and out of the online world and what Uh that has been like. Well, and given it's been eight years, I'm going to be concise because you don't want the eight year. I'll give you the highlights of the eight years. That's probably more useful. <laughs> so, um, so I started um, my corporate career, um, you know, straight out of school, ready to dive in, all excited and <sighs> hated Mondays, right? I was like, okay, oh no, oh no. I've just spent 20 years in school to learn how to do this. Like, oh no. Um, So I started getting curious. I dove down the personal development hole. I got the coach, got the mentor, did a million seminars and training and all the things and discovered coaching. So I was like, okay, I love this thing. So I'm going to do this thing. This is going to, I'm going to do it as a side hustle. It's going to be my thing. And this was in 2011. And I was like, this is simple. I'm, it's if you build it, they will come, right? That's how businesses work. Yeah, no, like no, no one else has had that experience. So I was like, okay, I did my coach training. I spent six months doing that. I became really skilled in that. And then I just, you know, started saying, hey, I'm a coach. Who wants to work with me? <clears throat> Didn't build a million dollar business out of that marketing plan, believe it or not. Um, And I've spent my whole academic career, my corporate career being good at stuff. Mm -hmm. And so not knowing how to build a business and suddenly feeling totally out of my element, not sure where to turn. There's millions of freebies. Everyone has a different answer for you about how to do it. And I made up that because I'm not good at this thing, it's not for me. So packed my little coaching certificate away sold on all my belongings, moved to England. And I was just like, I'm going to just, I'm going to do corporate life. And then it was the same thing. I was like, okay, I I'm good at my job and people like me and I'm successful. And it's not like there's something missing. So I went back to doing some coaching on the side. This time I did more career coaching. I focused in a little bit more. Anyways, 
Mm. I can keep repeating this, but basically you get the drift. Who is that? (laughs) (laughs) I do a version of this. I had no clue how to build a business. I get discouraged, say it wasn't for me, recommit to my corporate career. Start to hate Mondays again, start to feel like I wasn't using my full strengths. I wasn't honoring my values. Start a side hustle again. Blah, 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 blah. Anyways, you get the idea. Um, And then it... (laughs) It did shift, hence why I'm doing this as my career now. I'm self-employed actually for, you know, for, for serious, for realsies. <laughs> um, it shifted for me four years ago. Well, I should say four years ago, I got serious about it again. And three years ago, I started really digging in and getting it. Um, and there was a few things for me that shifted and I don't, it might be useful. And so I wanted to share with you. Um, yeah. Ah, Does, I would love to I'm hear just, some of those things. Okay. Okay. Um, so one thing I realized is building a business for me, I was trying to find, uncover this passion and then monetize it. Um, and that, that actually led me down some, some, some paths that didn't work for me. What I finally realized is I don't have to try to make everything I'm interested in into a money-making business. I can just like things. I can just like go to an art class. I don't have to like figure out how to run art classes, but I had to be passionate about my business. And I found for me, one of the struggles I had marketing and selling is I didn't really believe in the thing I was doing. I had lots of mindset stuff. Yes. And we can talk about that, but also just the thing itself. Mm. It was like, um, yeah, you can have a call with me every couple of weeks and we'll like, uh, we'll do stuff. Come on. <laughs> like I'm no sales expert, but that is not a good pitch. I couldn't sell it because I wasn't excited about the thing. So I had to go away and really, really uncover, okay, who were the clients I loved working with? Why did I love working with them? Okay. It was, it was really around the confidence piece, the interpersonal piece. I love running workshops. I've always done that in my corporate career. Okay, great. And so starting to like put the breadcrumbs together so that I could have something I could sell and be super excited and have full conviction in rather than just like, we can, t- we'll talk every two, every two weeks and, and that, that will help you. Um, yes. So that was a huge thing for me is being much more intentional about the thing versus come and chat with me and it'll be great. I can't sell that with conviction. Like I wouldn't buy that. So why would someone else buy it? Right. So right. that was one of the things. Um, yeah. And the other big one for me is I made up that if I committed to being self-employed, I could never, ever, ever go back to my corporate career. Mm. Now, some of your audience might be like, yep, that's what I want. That's amazing. My challenge with that was always, I was really good at corporate. Mm. Like I didn't become self-employed because I struggled in that environment. I, I really enjoy, I even enjoyed it. Like I liked going into an office. I enjoyed figuring out the hierarchy, figuring out how to get things done. Like that's one of my superpowers. And it felt like if I went full in on my business and really committed and really talked about it to people, then I could never, ever, ever be employed again. Um, and I just like, I just had to let that go. I get to change my mind. And in fact, by not making a choice, by not committing to my corporate career and not committing to my business, I was choosing neither. So I was just stagnating and standing still and not, not doing either. So that was a big thing for me was just accepting, like go all in on the choice. And if I hate it in six months, awesome. 
then I change it. That's fine. That was, that was a really tough hill for me to even see, let alone get over. But that was big for me of like, I have to just go all in. I have to talk to people I know about what I'm doing because that was hard for me too. Um, Cause it is a little different than what I did in my corporate life. And so, yeah, I had to just, you know, go big. I love that on so many levels. A few things that you said stuck out to me. So one, it's the story you were making up in your head and you're very mm-hmm. aware of the fact that mm-hmm. that was a story. And mm-hmm. to me, that is always the first step of like, how do we notice our stories? How do we get curious about our stories? And to understand that all of our brains come up with crazy things <laughs> and it's our job <laughs> to look at them and to be like, huh, is this serving me? Is this what I want to be true? And if it's not, that we have the power to shift to change that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm so passionate about that because I don't think it's talked about nearly enough. Like mm-hmm. we're just trained to believe like, ah, your thoughts are facts. Mm-hmm. Them, mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. And there's, there was something too very left brain about the whole process for the eight years for me that actually didn't serve me at all. So like putting together a chart of the money I brought in through my successful corporate career and what I'd have to make day one in my business to make it a quote unquote logical choice that was never going to work for me. Like that was never mm. going to equal. I mean, I don't care if I become a millionaire next year, multimillionaire and tell you all about it. It still wouldn't have happened on day one. It's Mm -hmm. still logically based on a spreadsheet. It wouldn't have made sense. So I had to be really careful about just because something's true. So yeah, it's true that I was going to make less money. Doesn't mean something else isn't also true. Mm. Right? Like what else would it give me? Would it give me Mm -hmm. flexibility? Would it give me excitement about my work again? Would it give me a different career path? Like what it's sort of that, that don't argue with the thing. Cause yeah, you can find truth in it and that's fine. What, what else might be true? Yeah. Like, dig a little deeper. What else might be true in there? I love that. That, I mean, it's, it's going into the depth of it versus just mm-hmm. like, huh? Okay. I'm going to accept this. No, no, no. Like keep digging, keep looking, keep getting curious, see where it takes yeah. you. Curiosity. Oh, I feel like that's okay. I know there's no magic bullets and I know we're not trying <laughs> to find the one thing because that's nonsense, but <laughs> curiosity as a skill. Uh, yeah. That's been probably bigger for me than learning about marketing and learning mm. about sales consults and learning about funnels the skill of curiosity has, has helped me more than any of those things for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that is always going to serve you, right? I mean, mm-hmm. in every capacity, in a personal capacity, mm-hmm. in a business capacity, mm-hmm. like the more curious we can be mm-hmm. and assume the best in others, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the absolute yeah. better it gets. I love that. Assume the best in others. Oh Yeah. Hard to do. Oh yeah, like, that's like masterclass <laughs> stuff. It's a good north star. It's like it's a good one to. Like. <laughs> well, and the other point that I loved that you said, and I um, was just talking to a client about that this week, is that whole indecision. Like I joke, mm-hmm. but I also believe it and say it all the time. Like indecision is a decision. Mm -hmm. And I think when we can really flip our mindset around that and understand that, because it does feel so paralyzing sometimes to Mm -hmm. choose one path or another, 
Like, mm-hmm. especially when you were saying, okay, I'm wrestling with, does this mean I have to give up my corporate career if I pursue my business and I go two feet into this? Um, but also when we really do get curious and objective and step back, it's like, huh, me not deciding is deciding. Mm-hmm. Yep. 120%. <laughs> You're making a decision either way, whatever you do. It's just, is it one you choose or is it the default one that just happens? Either way, you're, you're choosing it. So, and that, that took me, I mean, I'm still learning that lesson, let's be honest, but, sure. but it took me years to, to recognize it for sure. That, that, that's um, one of the more fun patterns I'm trying to break in life. <laughs> the fun ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I appreciate that because I think that's just the truth for all of us. Like we are mm. all learning and growing and evolving and there's not this point at which we've arrived, you know? <laughs> you know, I was just talking to a friend of mine and I, she would be fine if I shared this because I won't share any personal details with her. She's had a terrible year. I mean, we all have because 2020 has been super weird, but she's <laughs> personal life has just, she's had so many losses and you know, we were talking a lot today about how she's dealing with her grief and she's back at work now and how that's been. And, and I was like, you know, she said, I just, I wish I could just shove all of these emotions in some deep, dark hole and never have to deal with them. But I can't because of this stupid being aware and personal development garbage. And I'm like, I know I hate it. I some days wish I'd like (laughs) never been (laughs) exposed to any of this and just float along, you know, just spewing my junk on everyone else and not having to like keep coming back to this path of it doesn't end. There is no like, okay, dealt with that baggage onwards. Like it keeps the next level comes up and it comes up again in a different way. And yes, I have more tools. And the thing that gets me and triggers me today is not going to even phase me in six months. I know that, but mm-hmm. it's, there's always the next level. There's always the next way to clear it, the block to see. And 99% of the time I'm like, so great that I've been exposed to this side of life. And and the 1% I'm like, I just want to have a beer and like chill, man. I just, it's tiring. It's worth it. It is worth it. Well, and I, exactly that. I think that is the balance that we're all in of like, sometimes Mm -hmm. we do just want to like, peace out for a little bit, have a drink, chill. And that's okay too. And we get to do that. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) because if we are constantly in it of like, what's going Mm -hmm. on here? How do I get curious here? How do I have a conversation Mm -hmm. here? Like it's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's, yeah, my life, I, (laughs) my life is better now that I've discovered all these tools. It's just also more challenging. So it's okay on the whole worth it. (laughs) It's always there's always the once once the you've taken what's the matrix thing you know you took the the pill I forget pill, what color whatever. it is I don't know anyways bad analogy because I can't remember it but <laughs> once your eyes are open you see it and then you see it again and you see it again and that's okay yeah. uh, so is there anything else you would like to add in terms of what you've learned or what you would tell someone who's kind of dabbling mm-hmm. in their business but ultimately knows it's what they want. Yeah, if there's anyone like me out there, this this would have been helpful for me to hear. Um, it's safe to talk to people you know about what you want to do 
And it's also safe to change your mind and tell them you've changed your mind. Mm -hmm. That was something that it's something I still to this day struggle with a lot. Um, Talking about what I do to people I know, I can talk to strangers all day about it. And I'm like, so excited and passionate and, and all the things. And then, you know, when my mom's like, so how's work going? I'm like, good, let's talk about the kids because I'm sweating and I'm getting awkward. Um, it's safe for me to talk about what I do to people I know and it's safe for me to change my mind. And that's all okay. That's all part of it. Like, you know, when I look at some of those big, you know, mainstream brands, they are not doing the same thing they did five years ago, let alone six months ago. Mm. Like none of them. Okay, Nike still sells shoes. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's not what it was six months ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. You get to change. That's that's part of it. That's not like a mess up. That's part of it. Um, that would have helped me knowing that. Mm. And I feel like with that, what I would say, and I am curious if it resonates with you, and it's like a bitch of a thing, quite frankly, but really <laughs> adopting adopting the mantra and the belief behind it, not just like saying it, but like, I can't make a wrong choice. Like, I can't mess mm. it up. Every decision I make is the right decision is like really what I've rewritten to my core because mm. otherwise you're in this place of constantly being like, is it good enough? Did I do the right thing? Did I say the right thing? Like, and it's exhausting. Hmm. Oh yeah, that resonates. Yeah. And I, as much as I love this saying that's become popular lately of like, do the next right thing. And I say that too, that triggers me because I, then I become focused on, but what's the next right thing? Like it has to be the exact perfect next right thing. So now I just say, do something, <laughs> do a thing. And then if it's the right thing, right. And if it's not, Trust yourself, you'll clean it up and you'll move on and it's fine. Like just do a thing. It's fine. So that's been big for me. It's like, just keep moving. It's all right. You'll figure it out. You'll clean it up. It's fine. Yes. I love that. Mm. Thank you so much, Jess. I so appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing with your work and with this podcast. It's, it's so needed. And so thank you so much for doing this. Mm, Thank you. I'm Megan McNeil. I am a Scottish girl. That's where the accent comes from. But I'm living down under in uh, Western Australia with my husband, who is Canadian. So we're a bit of a mixed bag. I do personal brand coaching for people, um, generally for athletes and young professionals, female professionals, who think that they need to be a master of everything when really they need to be a master of something and a master of themselves. And building up that confidence, knowing who they are, and building up their personal brand so that the opportunities start coming to them as opposed to them having to troll through them because we know that like 70% of jobs never get advertised so you've really got to build up that network and you've got to build up yourself as well so I I work in that space trying to empower young women to make their next move awesome so excited to have you so thanks for being here um so so, to do this as well Uh, okay so let's um talk a little bit about what was going on when you feel like you were in a place of kind of maybe dipping one foot in one foot out in the online space and what that looks like yeah so I was kind of dipping in and out of not just the online space but of business and of a lot of things um it just felt difficult to go all into something um I think as a a young female we want to have our financial independence and you know if you have managed to get some financial independence by your your late 20s early 30s you're hanging on to that you're there's no way that you're going to sacrifice that because it just means too much to be able to have your freedom so putting 
basically giving up a full-time job to go full-time into my business, which was going to be primarily online because I was wanting to do a model not dissimilar to yours. It was actually a conversation you and I had while I was still working full-time where you told me your story and I thought, oh God, why, why am I not doing that? You know, why am I still working in a job that's giving me no happiness and I'm dipped half into my business, which I'm just so passionate about. And, you know, you know, it's a kind of the difference between your eyes lighting up and you kind of going, oh, yeah, Monday morning. Um, so after that conversation, I kind of thought that, you know, your financial security is really important. But if you're going to build a strong business and go online full time, you've got to have your backing. So it was kind of a case of get all my eggs, um, like, well, not all my eggs, yeah, all my ducks lined up, eggs in a basket, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, get them all lined up and just go full hog in it. And I gave myself a couple of months. Um, I resigned and, and sort of gave them a couple of months so that I could kind of wind out of it and go hard on the other end. Um, and I think it was just making that decision and kind of going, mm. you know, you're, you're never really going to have financial independency um, because you can lose a job at any point, really. And I think the situation that we're in at the moment with um, with Corona, COVID, whatever you're calling it, um, just shows that, that, you know, we think that we're really stable in our jobs and stuff, but really the only independence you have is when you've got full control over what it is that you're managing. And that to me was another tipping point, you know, just I'm in control now. You know, if I don't make money, that's my problem. If I do make money, that's because I did a good job. Yeah. So I love what you said about decision because I talk about this all the time. And I think it's one of those things that like a lot of things, like until it kind of clicks, it doesn't click. Mm. But when you get it, you're like, oh, that's the thing. And so I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit more to that decision point and maybe what your thoughts were and also what that felt like to lean into that. Yeah, it was basically a kind of a decision about Monday mornings. I think it all comes <laughs> back down to Monday mornings. It really does. Now, if you if you if Sunday evenings are a nightmare for you, then you're in the wrong place. Mm. I, I just can't put it any more bluntly than that. Oh, Sunday evenings are not a nightmare for me anymore. I I like them. I can't wait for Monday. And actually, Sunday I'm probably still doing bits of work. And that whole saying of like, oh, you never work a day if you do something you love is kind of true because you do a hell of a lot more hours when you're working in your own business, but it doesn't feel like it because you get so much joy from it. So that was the um, sort of decision breaking point for me was that when I started um, doing a lot more of my side hustle in the, uh, the weekends and evenings, I was getting so much more enjoyment out of that than I was from the paycheck I was getting from my nine to five. So that is massive. Um, you know, and it's not till you, you start thinking, I'm not tired. I'm, I'm working stupid hours because I'm doing this side hustle, but I'm not tired because it gives me more energy. Like I'm getting more energy from working more. And, you know, once you start seeing that, I think it kind of makes more sense to you. And I think it's this kind of woo woo energetic thing that, you know, people don't necessarily always want to believe is true, but I'm, I mean, I'm more convinced than ever that it absolutely is. Um, but I always want to like break it down for people in terms of like, okay, so what does that actually mean and look like? And I think so much of what you're talking about is that like energetic place you had to come into within yourself of like, I can't just put one foot in my business and expect results. I 
am miserable in my job and I'm not happy. So maybe if you can talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, well, I've I've got a good friend um, here in Western Australia who does critical thinking, and she does an experiment with a, a coin, and she says to you, she says, "Oh, think of something that you want that would have like a, a decision there, a yes no type decision, um, or you know, a, a firm decision either way that you would have to pick, and write down heads as yes you're going for it, and tails as no you're going to stay as you are type thing, and flip that coin, and she said before that even lands, you'll know exactly." whether you want heads or tails because in that mm-hmm. split second you're disappointed if you're going to get the the result that you didn't want so I think that that's something really simple and it, it's something that's an exercise that um that I do quite a lot now because Bethan's always going on just flip that coin and it actually works it really really works you know if you flip a coin do I want to go to that family barbecue flip a coin if it lands the way that you don't want it to, you know that you, your heart wasn't in it. And I know, you know, with family stuff, you sometimes just have to. But when it's your business or it's your career or whatever it is, that's something that's your life. That's, you know, that's not just an investment for the afternoon. That's the investment of a lot of your time and energy. We spend on average, I mean, if you're an entrepreneur, you don't. But if you're working a regular job, about eight hours a day working. So why wouldn't you do something that when you flip that coin, you get excited that heads is going to be what it lands on. That's, that's how it feels for me, I think. Yeah. And I think what's also maybe important to talk a little bit about, because I think sometimes when you're on the struggle bus or you feel like everyone has these secrets and knows information that you don't know, it's easy to look at other people and be like, mm, must be nice for you. Easy for you to say, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so I also think it's really helpful. And part of what I want to give a uh, voice to in these conversations is like what the fears and doubts have been and talking about those like very honestly, because I also think we sometimes do a disservice in the online space when we only talk about like the good stuff and the magic. And oh, so, you know, so I wonder um, maybe if you could walk us through a little bit of what your inner dialogue felt like or sounded like if you remember before you made that decision to quit your job? Yeah. So um, my background is marketing. So now I focus mainly on personal branding. So obviously I've always had to be on social media platforms for whatever business I'm working on. So when I started the social media platforms for my business, I had, you know, 20 followers, then 50 followers, and it was small. And I'm looking at the people I'm admiring and they've got thousands of followers and I'm going, how am I ever going to compete with that? You know, I'm not in that space. How can you, you know, I'm too late for it. We always think that we're too late because someone else has already filled that space. Mm -hmm. And it's not a case of that. And that's probably what the, what going full time has taught me is that I'm doing okay. I don't have thousands of followers, but I am serving the ones that I have really well. And we're really forgetful of who we're actually serving and that it's better to have those 10 followers and you actually help them than a million followers. And again, you're only helping maybe 10 still. So numbers don't matter. That's, you know, stop comparing yourself to someone else because I did a lot of that at the start. And it's just, because I, you know, it's, everyone says, oh, have a social media detox, come off it for a while. I can't. Most of my clients, that's the job I play for them is on that online space. You know, I'm filling that for them because they don't want to, they don't have the time to, that's what they're outsourcing to me. So I can't get away from it. So you sit there and you go, 
oh God, I'll never do that. Look, look what they're doing. And it's not until I had more clients that I was doing it for and they would go, oh, you know, that company's got way more followers than us. And I go, yeah, but look what we've done so far and look at the engagement levels you've got. And when you start explaining it to someone else, it does help. But if you're not in the situation where you can actually explain it from the outside, when you're working internally, it's really hard. You know, you're thinking, I'm, I'm, I can't compete. I've not got the same following. I'm not as popular. And that's not the case at all. You've really, you know, Gary V, whether you like him or not, I know he's, he's a bit out there and stuff, but he does go on and on about the importance of the one. And I think that that is vital. You know, you only need one person to listen to your podcast, one person to be liking that um, post that you're putting out, one person following you, no matter what you do, to be able to grow. Because that one person, if they become your biggest fan, then you can go far, you know? So yeah, my inner dialogue was definitely going, I don't know if you can do this. There's just, there's way too many people doing it so well just now. There's no room for you, but there is room for us all. Well, and I think again, it's that like decision point, which, you know, I will probably hammer home till the day I die, but it's like deciding internally to not give more power to those voices. Like, owning the fact that they're there and letting it be okay that we all have doubts and fears that pop up. But like when you're in that state of questioning yourself versus someone else, which it's never a competition, even though we think it is, it's just Mm. not, you know, I mean, I think that's also really important to remind our brains of, of like, we're not competing with the other person. There's more than enough space for all of us, but we feel like there's not. And so, you know, really, really focusing on like, why am I giving so much weight to this when there are people out there that need my gifts and talents and I could be spending my energy serving them like those 10 people versus worrying about why I don't have thousands or millions of followers. Oh yeah, completely. And I'm a big believer in done is better than perfect. Just get it out there. Stop like procrastinating. Oh, I'm not going to get that online course done or, you know, I've not got enough followers to start doing this. It, It doesn't matter. You just have to do it. And like if you wait around and you um you know, say it's an online course you want to do, if you wait around and you want to get every single facet of that course done before you've even got anyone signed up, you've wasted you know days, weeks, hours, however long it's taken you that you could actually be telling people about it. Once you've got two or three people converted, then you can go hard on it because you know that there's a need for it. And that that's that mental shift as well. You go from oh, will anyone want this if I complete it? You've spent all this time, then you've run out of time to actually market it to kind of going, oh my God, one person just signed up. Another one might. And, you know, that's the exciting part. So get it out. Just, you know, put it out there. Plus, you've got to start now. Like, I've got a podcast as well. And the first couple of episodes, they're, you know, they're a bit (laughs) iffy. But in six months' time, hopefully they'll be quite good. But if I started in six months' time, I'd have to have those iffy ones then. And then I've got another six months to wait. So I think it's just that whole get out there and get it done. You've got to get the crappy ones done now in order to become better. Because, we, you know, none of us start perfect. And I don't think we ever get perfect, to be honest, you know. But as long as it's serving the people that we're trying to serve, that's the best we can hope for. Absolutely. And I think that speaks to the self-trust muscle that like, Mm. you know, is something I coach around all day long because it's the reality of what's going to serve us the most is when we can lean into trusting, like what I'm doing is enough, what I'm providing is enough. And there are people out there that want what I have. 
Oh, hundred percent. I mean, your Facebook group, like I'm part of that community. That's, um, yeah, I mean, I've met you through another network group. We've connected over the last few months and I love your story. And like, I've got so much value from, from what you're saying and providing that I think that's all that matters. And whether I sign up as a coaching client to you isn't really the end of the day for you because you don't know who I'm then talking to and saying, oh, you've got that problem you need to speak to Carrie. And I think it's also having um, that kind of, you never know who you're talking to. You never really know what it'll come to. So you, you know, you're at a networking event and if you've got your eye on speaking to five people, you're missing out on five people that might actually be of benefit and value to you, not just financially, but bringing something to your life and giving you that extra push. You literally gave me that push to a hand in my resignation and that was a half hour let's catch up because we're in the same time zone which never happens for me down <laughs> in Australia uh, you know so you just never know where these conversations are going to come from so it's it's kind of taking a leap of faith and having faith in yourself and you know getting yourself out there I think absolutely and which I didn't know until later that that had even happened which is like the coolest part and now I'm like and now we're having this conversation you know like and that's why I really really believe in just connecting and sharing value and sharing your story and showing up and knowing that you have the power within yourself to create something amazing and then like detaching from what that actual outcome is yeah Mm. Yeah, 100%. I mean, everything is from within us. You know, the work that you do, the work that I do, like around personal branding and the coaching that you do, it's literally, we're not really giving someone anything new. We're just giving them the tools to be able to bring everything out that's already there. And that's what works. That's, yeah. what, that's what works. People love people. And, you know, I mean, a lot of people get really upset about AI. Oh, they're going to take all our jobs. And when we've had the industrial revolution, we've had all these different revolutions. And, you know, we create new jobs, but at the end of the day, people just love people. Yes. We just thrive. We just want to be around people. So get yourself out there. Do it because people want you. <laughs> Someone wants you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I'm Julia, Julia motherfucking Wells on the internet, also in real life, pretty much the same person. Uh, <laughs> my, my favorite compliment is always that you're like, you're just the same online as you are in real life. And then I got it the other day from someone dating and they're like, you're, you text just like you talk. And I was like, yes, I've mastered not being weird talking to men. <laughs> Which is a huge win for me. Um, anyways, I call myself a pussy-based business coach. So I'm all about teaching women how to run a business that is both pleasurable and profitable, how to do it in a way that really honors what makes us like uniquely women. So receiving, being in your flow, whatever your flavor of that is too, um, which I think is super cool. And just like being authentic and visible and making lots of money on the internet. Talk to us about when you were in this place of like half in, half out before some of this baptism stuff and decision point like what was going on in your brain or your life (laughs) yeah so I was like always setting goals in in a way that was like setting me up to fail right Mm -hmm. so it's like okay I'll if I but if I don't get this goal um then it means blah 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 right which is not a very fun way it's not very motivating to be like well you suck if you don't reach this or like it means you failed so um 
yeah, I just like never figured out how to set those goals for myself. So I was always being like, well, if you don't like, I don't know, get this many people in your challenge or make this much money or whatever. And so that was really dictating how I showed up in my business. And I mean, who wants to be two feet in when you're beating yourself up all day long? I was like, no, thank you. Not me. Yeah. But that was like, I just like really couldn't see any other way at that point. Um, Bless my sweet little self for doing the best I could. Mm. Uh, yeah. And I think because of that, it was like, I didn't take my business seriously. Like someone would be like, Hey, want to go to brunch on a Tuesday or like do whatever? I'm like, yeah, great. Sure. Uh, and then I'm like, oh yeah, maybe I was supposed to do this thing in my business, but like who, no one will even notice. Um, and like, yeah, I just showed up like such a flaky human being and, and both like both energetically and in my like actual presence and commitment to my business because it also seemed like there was no real like reward or punishment. Right. Cause again, my reward was like this goal that didn't even feel good at the end of the day. And the punishment was also the same side of that. Of like, if you made it great, you don't have to go back to corporate, but like, that's not very fulfilling. Well, and I think what's really important to talk about is when there is no one quote unquote paying attention, no one's paying you, it feels so fucking hard and far away. And of course you're like, sure, go to brunch. Like what the, what the hell? Why not? Like nobody's counting on me. So it doesn't matter, but it had to start with that level of commitment to yourself. Yeah. I had, I mean, who else is going to take your business and your dream seriously? (laughs) If not you, Um, and then again, also like comparing myself to other people being like, well, I think this is what I should want, but I never really grounded into it. Like, well, what does that even mean to me? Like, why would I want to make that money? Or why would I want to serve that many people? It was just kind of like superficial. So that also made it hard. There was like no real incentive there. Because you just had this number in your brain because that's what everyone like says on the internet. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Cause it's like a marker of success. Like somehow 10 K means you're good at business or whatever. Uh, And it's just like such a fucking lie. There's plenty of people making lots of money on the internet who hate their life Um, or aren't even that good at what they do. Quite honestly, it's like pretty easy to make that happen. And so it was like, well, then I don't know what even like, why, who, why care? So, yeah. Well, and it's so true because I look at people that are pretty miserable and I'm like, I mean, how's that man? yeah, how's that going? You know, or we watch people like blow up their businesses and then they hate it because it's not the business they want. And then they yep. burn shit down fast. Right. Yep. All the time. And it's like, and again, like, fine, if that's the way you're going to learn your thing, <laughs> like, cool. True. Um, but I was, but I knew I, I'm like a very lazy person and I'm working on owning that and not making like lazy, <laughs> lazy, a shameful thing. My coach just made me put it on my dating profile, which makes me want to vomit, but whatever, here we are. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I was like, I I'm naturally lazy, right. And you call it like a projector or whatever, but I knew I didn't want to work very hard or many hours. And it was like, Oh, also to get to those things, I kind of thought you had to like hustle and burn out. So then it's like, I, I, I really didn't want it. And I couldn't see that alternative at the point where like, Oh, you could have that, make that much money and have pleasure and freedom and all of these things that I wanted. So that also made it hard to have anything driving me intrinsically. Yeah, I get that. Well, and it's so funny. (laughs) Well, we all have these different ideas, especially before you like ever make a dime online, or if you're just watching other people and you're like, well, certainly they have some back end secret system that they're like <laughs> using that if only I knew what that was, 
I could be successful. You guys, I bought all the courses and all the programs. There's no secret. (laughs) Even to my clients, I'm like, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but there's no secret. I mean, there are certain things and that's what we're breaking down here and the power of like mindset and showing up certain ways and doing certain things. But um, there's no like, there's no big thing. Well, and it's funny. I've been on some sales calls recently and I'm like, look, you like, you're not going to want to hear this. And here's the good news. Here's the bad news. Because, you know, a lot of people are like, okay, well, what I really think I need is help with marketing. And can you just teach me a blueprint to this? And I'm like, no. And you can go learn all that, but I can tell like you don't have belief in yourself. And so you could go learn the exact strategies to like market yourself online, so to speak, because there is like, of course, certain things to learn. But if you don't believe in your offers, you won't sell them. Yeah. I mean, I have clients that come to me and they've probably spent like 10 to $50,000 on ads or marketing genius humans or funnels or whatever it is. And they're like, and I'm making zero money. And I was like, well, yeah, do you trust you could handle it if it even came in? They're like, no. Like, okay, well, there you go. That's the magic key. If you really want one, it's self-trust. Like it really is self-trust and that's a really hard skill to develop. And you need a coach that can like go there and and be deep with you and hold that space for you to unravel everything that's on top of that. I could not agree more. I mean, to me, that's like, please, please spend your money on that. Obviously do what you need to do in your life, but there is nothing that compares to like doing that deep inner work so that you can build that Mm -hmm. self-trust because otherwise it's all going to feel like, I don't know. It's just not going to feel like success. Even if you do like you make it for a quote unquote, make it for a few months and you have the high income months that you're wanting, like you're going to freak the fuck out and not know how to handle it. If you don't trust yourself in that. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if this is like in business or relationships or even like health and nutrition or whatever, if you don't have a coach that's helping you do that core inner work of like trusting yourself and building that muscle, you're throwing money away at the end of the day. And there's a lot of opportunities to do that on the internet. And a lot of us have to to learn the hard way. Um, But like, that's the question that you should be asking is like, do I trust myself? How how does it show up where I do or where I don't trust myself? And then like, if you're going to think about investing in support or programs or anything that you're doing, it's like, if I trust in myself, what would I do here? And if I don't trust myself, how do I get there? And like, can I find me a human that's willing to do that work with me? Yes, absolutely. Because at the end of the day, like business is actually really simple. And I say this all the time. Yeah. It's all the same. Like even as you're talking, it's I'm so like, annoying. <laughs> it's so annoying because it's, it's all the same with like dating life, right? All the same fucking principles apply everywhere. It's just yep. like they wear different hats and they look a little bit different, but the, these principles are quite easy in terms of like conceptually, but then actually applying them like is really fucking hard, especially if you have a lot of just like backstory of, okay, but I can't be successful because of blah, blah, blah. And you have all this evidence for your brain and it's working to rebuild that and figure out always what's the story under the story. Like that to me is like, the biggest thing you can do is like have somebody who's going to hold that space for you and help you figure out what's actually going on. Not just the surface level shit. Exactly. And, and like, again, like kind of the cool thing and the annoying thing there is like that can take longer because you're literally unraveling like all of your human patterns and conditioning that you probably had for decades. 
But like maybe it takes a year or something generally to like build that foundation, maybe a little less or more or whatever. But like once you do that work, you have such a platform and that's where you see people like get engaged or married in a year, build a million dollar business or like hit these goals that like before seemed so far away. It's because they built that ability. And let me also just caveat that is like, get it and keep it. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's again, one thing to like hit the thing, but to be able to hold it and have the capacity to handle it, um, is like such a different story. And again, if you don't have that baseline of self-trust, it's, I don't know, I'm not going to say impossible, but it's going to (laughs) feel infinitely harder and more uncomfortable and all those things. Yeah. So after you felt like you had your boss bitch baptism, you were all in, did did you have a feeling in yourself that like you felt different immediately or did it just feel like, okay, I've decided, like, I just sometimes feel like it's helpful to tell the people like what it actually felt like in your lived experience. The real, the real deal. So I was in Hawaii. I just started like my nomad travel adventure life. And I was like visiting some friends in the States ish. Um, so I did that on like probably the end of March and then that next week I flew to San Diego to see friends and I got the worst flu I've probably ever had. And I was like, God damn it. I just like committed to my business and like said I was going to do all these things. And I literally cannot get off the couch. Like I have never felt this ill in like, or maybe like in a long ass time. And that was one of those, like, we couldn't, we tend to call them like tests, but it was almost an invitation of like, this is okay. Like maybe this is up level flu. Maybe it's just whatever, like touch some germs with the traveling thing. I don't know who cares, but, but it doesn't mean it's not working. It just means like, it actually is. This is like some more shit that maybe I needed to shed or whatever that is. But that was like very uncomfortable. Um, and then even after that, I probably didn't make my first sale. Um, I sold like some smaller intensives again, but my first like big sale, I didn't make until June. And so I had to like hold that that faith for a while where I was like, no, I said I was going to do going on a route. What am I doing wrong? But what else could I do? Like, what can I try? Where am I not showing up fully? Where am I not being my full self saying what I need to say? Is there a skill gap? Not because like there's a secret (laughs) to knowing what to do, but just like, you know, it's helpful to be good at sales to sell things. (laughs) So like, okay, can I do that? But from the foundation of like, it's all working. I already know it's working. Um, and I can handle all of these things. So yes, it still took a while. That is the hardest part right? You've decided and then you think like magically tomorrow it's all going to happen. And it yes. might, it no. absolutely might, but yeah, for most totally. people, it probably won't. And you're going to have to hold that faith and keep coming back to your belief system of what you've decided and what gets to be true for you. Yep. And that's where like having a coach and support system is really nice too, because you want to be able to wobble, but you want to tell on yourself when you wobble and have someone else there to be like, no, I'm holding this vision. You already made this decision. I know you can do this, but like we got to come back to the decision. What's going on here? Like, can we work through whatever this next piece is? Um, and it's, yeah, it's just infinitely easier to have someone else helping you do that part. Absolutely. My name is Sandra Possing. Um, I go by Sandra or Sandra, but not Sandy as if that's super important. It's not really, but people always ask. So it's helpful just to tell them up front. Um, and I am a mindset coach. I primarily work with high achieving sensitive women. So 
Shout out to all of the empaths, the HSPs, the introverts, all of you who like feel the feels and feel them so deeply. <laughs> you are my people, but also very high achieving, motivated, ambitious, big dreamer types. Um, and I help them unleash their inner badass. I help them develop unshakable self-belief and manifest their dream lives in short. Love and it. I freaking love it. Every second of it. It's, it's, I stumbled it. Well, I didn't stumble into it, but when I finally found it, um, I felt like I was coming home and mm. this couldn't be any more of a calling or a mission. And, um, it's a shit show, but it's my shit show and I love it. So talk to us about when you felt like you were kind of like dabbling in and out maybe before investing in the coach or maybe after, I don't know. Talk to us about that. So dabbling in and out like that could be the name of my memoir. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I hate to say it, but I, um, one of the things I used to always struggle with was indecision mm. and which I think a lot of, a lot of my indecision stemmed from just not trusting myself and not really mm. knowing myself. I was such a people pleaser and such a, you know, approval junkie validation seeker. I was looking for everything outside of myself. And so I didn't know how to trust myself. Therefore, it was really hard to make decisions. And therefore, it was really hard to go all in, in something like a business and to trust myself. And to trust myself to make decisions and put in the work and all this stuff, right? So, I mean, there's a whole, like what I described to you before from launching in 2012 until 2015, when I really committed, invested and went full time. That whole time I was kind of like, oh, if it works, it's great. If not, what are, you know, I just, I had like one foot out the back door so that if I failed, I could, you know, do the perfectionist fixed mindset thing and be like, I wasn't really trying that hard anyway. It was mostly for fun. Yep. So that was a whole thing. But then even since then, I mean, since 2015, when I quote unquote went all in up until now, fast forward this to five years, I, I would say that overall I've been mostly all in, <laughs> but I've also had periods where I have kind of, I wouldn't even call it gotten lazy, but it's like I've gotten scared or I've just sort of gotten comfortable playing small. Mm. And, and a lot of it has happened after, you know, so my business has been financially, it's been very up and down. <laughs> I've had great success, but oftentimes the peaks were followed by huge dips and valleys because I scared the absolute shit out of myself. Yeah. Like I remember when I made my biggest sale, still my biggest sale to date, which happened in 2018. Um, I went into the biggest probably entire month of self-sabotage that I think I've ever experienced. Like I sold something that I was basically, <laughs> I started pitching it as kind of like, not as a, I was gonna say as a joke, not as a joke, but I was like, there's, I, I'm nowhere near the level of confidence where I can, you know, say it with a straight face that I'm offering this thing. But I was like, but I'm gonna start practicing, you know? So I started yeah. offering it, fully not expecting anyone to say yes for like another year or something, or at least six months. And about a month later, one of my, current clients who had already worked with for several like six months or for a six month period said yes to this higher end offer. And first I was like, yay. And then I was like, fuck. <laughs> and, and I probably for about a month, I was like, I can't do it. I like, I just, I can't, I can't deliver that much value. It's too much pressure. Mm. It's too stressful. Um, I'm never going to sell this again. I freaked out, you know, and I did my best and I showed up and it was amazing. And I ended up, you know, selling more of those high end packages, which is awesome. But it, for for that whole month, I was just like, I got so scared. And then ultimately, I think I, um, I lowered the price on that thing because I was like, I still want to sell this package because it's an amazing package, but I got so scared of that higher price point. So I lowered it and then I eventually raised it again. But it was like, it was 
you know, you read the big leap and you hear about upper limiting yeah. and self-sabotage and you're kind of like, why would anybody sabotage their own success? That sounds silly. And then when you go smashing head first into your own upper limit, you're like, oh, okay. Uh, okay. Now about. I understand. <laughs> I get it now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So did you come out of that? Like after you dipped in terms of lowering the price and then raising it back up, like in between lowering the price and raising it back up, did you see some of your patterns and do you feel like you were able to like reprogram that stuff in yourself or like what enabled you to bring that price point back up? Um, a lot of, a lot of, journaling and mindset work and for like also just being because I'm such a sensitive creature Mm -hmm. and for I mean for all humans I believe but also for us sensitive types we you know gotta feel our emotions so a lot of it was just giving myself permission to feel what I was feeling giving myself permission to freak out and be a hot mess and be like how could I possibly you know and, and feel all the feelings um, and then work through that. And then, and then also see this client who's like crushing it, you know, and be so proud of them and be like, not that I take all the credit, but I was like, I did that, you know, <laughs> or be able to at least take some credit for my, my role in it. Yeah. And then also be able to, you know, I had, a lot of it was just reminding myself that like looking at client results is probably one of the most helpful things, you know, sometimes, um, having like a success file or a place where you just go back and you look at testimonials. Like I love screenshotting things that I, you know, anonymously screenshotting and then whiting out and putting in my Instagram stories, like client wins and stuff. Because yeah. when I see that, I re- I remind myself of how, how much this, this work works when you work it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and then when I see that, then, then I expand my own ability to receive, but also just doing a ton of my money mindset work and, it, giving myself permission to receive more and giving myself permission to believe that my work is worthy of that higher value mm-hmm. or to quote one of my favorite money mentors, Amanda Francis, my work is of high value and worthy of massive compensation. Shout out to Amanda. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, but, but just, yeah, practice and time and awareness and patience and so much self-love, so much self-compassion. And then also being equally compassionate when I have the dips. Mm. You know, because it's one thing like you have a like I think you know maybe my biggest sales months ever were like in the 50, 60, 65 k realm sales, not cash in the door. Um, but going from something like that to then having months that are like two, three, or four, mm. mm-hmm. and I mean on the same range, but the smaller, smaller um, scale with just cash in the door, more like you know I don't know top ones were maybe thirty or something, but then down to three or four, and from one month to the next is like. I had to realize that I, my self-worth was so deeply intertwined with my ability to bring in money Mm. and to untangle that had been like a little bit of a shit show to be honest. You know, I have um, so much celebration for people whose money mindset wasn't as deeply like twisted as mine was, (laughs) you know, for people who either don't have that work to do or they do it quickly. I'm like, I celebrate you. I bow down to you. Like mine, like my money mindset stuff has been some of my deepest work and it's been some of my most challenging and most healing work too. And now I'm grateful for it. And I like one of my dreams is to, to, to teach in that space. I do a little bit with my mastermind clients and stuff. I don't really advertise it, but I, I love working with people on money stuff because it's been so transformational for me. Well, and I think just that it's so deeply rooted for the majority of people. I think it's a rarity if somebody's able to just like move through it quickly. Like, I 
I, I think there's probably more to the story than that if somebody is showing that because most of us do have, yeah. you know, deep rooted things from childhood and stories that have just kind of compounded over time. Like just like I think mindset work compounds as we do it, it gets easier. I, we always have to do it. And your stories beautifully illustrate the fact that the work is never, ever done. Um, but yeah. it's the same compound effect, right? Like just as the mindset work compounds on each other as we do it, same with the like old stories and the unlearning of the patterns. Like there are years yeah. of conditioning and that's what we're unlearning. So of course it's going to take some, some work around it. And even if we don't have, I mean, so many people I have, I think have very deep money stuff that comes specifically from their family or from, um, you know, religious mm-hmm. teachings that they grew up with and that kind of conditioning. But even if we don't have family stuff, we just have society stuff. Like I would, yes. I would claim, I believe that all of us collectively have trauma and some of it's money trauma, some of it's just societal conditioning and, you know, messaging from the media or whatever trauma, all not to mention like patriarchy, whatever, but, but money stuff is so embedded just in our culture, speaking mostly, you know, Western American or Western European cultures, because those are the ones I've had the lived experience of and I'm familiar with, but like, it's so ingrained and the messaging is so deep. And I like just a couple of days ago on Facebook, I made a post that was like, what makes you more uncomfortable talking about sex or talking about money? And it was really interesting to see the answers. Um, and I would say, I haven't counted, but I feel like more of them were about money. Hmm, interesting. You know? And it's, we, we get so uncomfortable because we have such twisted messaging around it and all of them, you know, money's evil and whatever, yeah. um, or the root of all evil. But like, it, it, it's deep, man. And when we're willing to do it, when we're willing to go through it, it is some of the most transformational healing work we can do. I think because for so many of us, it's attached to our self-worth. Yes. And like, I get so excited to talk to my clients about money. Like they laugh at me because I'm like, oh, let's bring it on. You know, let's do it. Because <laughs> yes, let's heal your money stuff so that you can have a healthier relationship with money, make more money, blah, blah, blah. And let's talk about your money stuff because that is probably going to be the gateway to your childhood stuff, to your self-worth stuff, to some other fucked up family shit with your siblings, to, you know, mm-hmm. your so many different of the wounds we have, I think are tied into that. And so it's really um, rich place to look. Mm, I couldn't agree more. Pun, no pun intended. No pun intended. Good one. <laughs> it is a rich place to work. I love it. Um, do you have anything else you would like to add in terms of dabbling in your business, money mindset, things that were able to help you shift out of the place? I mean, that you're still in and that a lot of us are still in. And sounds like a lot of that self-compassion has been the work. Yeah, I, that's a good way to sum it up is, is self-love, self-compassion and giving yourself permission for your journey to look however your journey looks because it's so different for each of us, you know, and we look at, you know, maybe the, the entrepreneurs online that we admire and we look at their highlight reel on social media and then we compare ourselves and we're like, oh, but my, I'm doing it wrong. And, and, and we have to realize that everybody's thing looks different and the way you're doing it is perfect for you. And like, if it's messy, which it will be, and if yeah. there's ups and downs, which there will be, like, it's just, it, it's so helpful to see it as a journey and as an adventure and as a roller coaster. you know, like I, like I was saying, most of my, a lot of my healing and growth has been around money because all this stuff was attached to it. But like, I used to have so much shame at, around debt. And that was like, mm-hmm. my biggest thing was to overcome, well, first of all, paying off the debt, which I finally did. But even just 
in getting to a place where I was okay with having debt and not making myself bad or wrong for having debt or for being the kind of person who has debt equals bad or wrong. You know, so just getting through that and forgiving myself for that and having compassion was huge. And then now I'm at the place where I'm still untangling my attachment for of my self-worth to my ability to bring in income. So it's like mm. when income goes up, self-worth goes up and it goes down and again, I'm like, whoa, buddy, <laughs> your self-worth is not related to that. It is its own thing over here. And then there's this roller coaster you're on where you get to figure out how to make really consistent income and you go to the next level, blah, blah, blah. So it's like giving ourselves permission to be where we are and have compassion for ourselves where we are and work on it and, you know, be on this quest for constant improvement. We get to be, do, and have so much more and get to manifest all the greatness and all of our dream life stuff. And it's okay to be where you are. And like some people make their first six figures in a year. Some people do it in a month. Some people take them a decade and anywhere in between is fine. So, so really honoring, I think, and cherishing and celebrating our own journey and like just loving the absolute shit out of ourselves every Mm. step along the way. And then hiring help as much as possible. <laughs> it's like, we'll, we'll move you along faster and make it less painful. Amen to that. All of that. <laughs> yes. Could not agree more. Uh, well, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. It's my absolute pleasure. And like I was saying to you before we hopped on, like vulnerable AF, I think is the name of the game right now, because as new entrepreneurs, we don't know this stuff. And it's really, really important to have these conversations. So thank you for being someone who is facilitating these very important kind of behind the scenes, raw, real, messy, and ugly conversations about what it's really like. Because it's, you know, it's a beautiful, beautiful ride. Yes. All sides of it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Set Yourself Free podcast and supporting me and these incredible guests. Make sure you are subscribed so that you never miss an episode. Will you also do me a quick favor and go leave us a review and rating so that more people can easily find this show. Each month, I will be picking a reviewer to give a free session to as a thank you. And if you know someone that could benefit from this show, please share it with them. One thing I know for certain in this lifetime is that we need more women living lives of freedom and impact. Can't wait to see you next week.